Welcome to this week's episode of Down the Pub Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, as always, if you don't want to miss an episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Um, in advance of this week's show, I um, just want to apologize for us not having the greatest audio on the section with um, Andy and Wiley talking Tottenham. The background noise at the second cup wasn't the greatest, so apologies for that. Um, I'm also talking to Matt Mansfield this week in regards to the Rugby World Cup. Um, we did have some technical difficulties with that as well, so it's been a bit of a disaster this week. So all I can do is apologise and hopefully next week it'll be a little bit better. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Welcome to this week's podcast. Um, I'm joined by Lily White fanatic, uh, Wiley Redmond. How's it going, Wiley? Very well. Uh, somewhat. <laughs> Depends on how we're viewing the day. If we're viewing the day from the perspective of a Tottenham fan, uh, maybe not so well. <laughs> And we also have a legend that is Andy Watson. Uh, Andy's just going to sit here and laugh at us, uh, <laughs> being morose about our football team. How's it going, Andy? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. It's good to hear, man. So it's a tradition on the show that whenever we have somebody new, we always ask them uh, where their love of their team comes from. So a lad from Chester, Nova Scotia, how does he end up supporting the Lilywhites? Well, I'll try to make the story as quick as possible, but... Uh, I started out as a diehard AC Milan fan because my favorite player of all time was Manuel Cesar, Cesar Rui Costa. Beautiful El Maestro. Yeah, legend. One of the best midfielders you'll ever see grace the field. And the day that he didn't start and Kaká replaced him, I never supported AC Milan again. <laughs> oh, wow. So I needed, I needed to find a team and uh, a good friend of mine, Blake Stevens, happened to be a Tottenham fan and he's like you should check out this team and I watched it and uh Jermaine Defoe up front with uh Canute at the time uh, wow. Freddie yeah legend uh, and uh it, it was such a fast-paced counter-attacking style and I, I was like okay I, I could get into this and then uh the following year we had uh I think it was Keen and Mido and uh and we still had Defoe and Berbatov soon joined and when we had Berbatov and Keane up front. That was just the most glorious striking combination I've ever seen, and I loved the club ever since. Let's say uh, it's Berbatov and Keane were amazing, but I also like it was that season. I think it was the full Keane and Canute, uh, and there was kind of rivalry between the three of them to get into the team, and it was a great strike force. With it. it's pity that our defense sucked and our goalkeeper sucked. <laughs> it's, it's funny over the years because at at that era. We had one of the best striking forces we've ever had, and then we lost our striking force, and then we had uh, one of the best midfields we ever had when we had uh, like Modric and uh, Bale and Van der Vaart. Van der Vaart, yeah. But we had no stri- strikers, we had no defense, and then our defense got solid, and we had no Just one the midfield. Yeah. yeah, and so begins the life of the top. <laughs> I, I think that that's a lot of like a lot of clubs, but it's only once in a while that. A team hits that 
perfection. I, I really think like like obviously you're a Liverpool fan, but like they they just have the right blend right now. I mean, like yeah. every aspect of your team is pretty pretty solid, apart from Jordan Henderson because I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, the season so far has been a bit of a disaster, it's kind of safe to say. Obviously, we're not in Manchester United territory just yet, but we're almost there. Right. Uh, what do you think has been the cause of the poor performances? Well, I, I think it, we can both agree that it's been somewhat of a surprise because uh, we ended the season last year on a high, making it to the Champions League final and that glorious 22nd penalty. Uh, that pretty much gave away the game, but uh, which wasn't a penalty, uh, yeah. as we've discussed on this show yeah. many times. But, uh, so <laughs> there was, well, I think it was. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was some optimism coming in this uh, season. We finally have our new stadium. We actually spent a bit of money in the summer, and uh, it seemed like our problems were going to be solved. Uh, but here we are, speaking uh, about a week after a seven-two loss at home against Munich, and then a three-nil loss against. Uh, uh, Brighton. I, I I honestly think that the the three 0 loss to Brighton was every bit as bad as the seven two loss to Bayern Munich. It was atrocious. Like it, it, we, no guts, no nobody tracking back, nobody seemed to give a damn. And I think that's been the story. Is that like there's so many players that are like don't want to be there. You yeah. can see it. Like I mean, Christian Eriksen. Do you think that he should still be in the team? I, I don't think he should be at all. Um, I think it's. It's all being quite said in Pochettino's facial expressions. Honestly, he looks like he's hung over. Like, his face is red all the time. He's got big, droopy eyes. I've never seen him in the whole five years look like that. He's usually quite youthful and, uh, vibrant. And he, he looks like he just got out of bed hangover, hung over. Um, Ericsson, he can't even make a simple pass anymore. He doesn't want to be in the team. I, I don't know why he is in the team. Uh, and I think a big part of our problem as well this year is the formation that we switched to. We switched to the diamond formation in the midfield probably la around last January, and we stopped pressing like we used to. Uh, two, like three years ago, we were the second best team in the league for pressing. That's when we, we really had our team all together. And I think uh, injuries to like Harry Kane and other players during that pressing style might have convinced Pochettino to be less aggressive in that area, but our play has been on the decline ever since. So, so like, I think Harry Kane got injured last year, around January, February time. And ever since then, I think, like, a, like a malaise was kind of kicked into the team. I think the, uh, the Champions League certainly glossed over some things, mm -hmm. and I, but I honestly think there was a bit of a decline starting in January, February, because our away form was usually even better than our home form, and then suddenly we were losing every game away from home, Right, we just haven't been able to get that back, um, and it's worrying that like there's there doesn't seem to be any way to fix it, because the players you would expect to come in, like Los Elso is injured, who knows when he's going to be back. Uh, Sesnion hasn't even had a chance to kick a ball yet, so he's kind of re relying on the old guard, and the old guard just seems tired and disinterested. Right, and, and the injuries to the new players really have affected Pochettino's game plan, because if you look, Foyt, what's supposed to be the right-back replacement, Sesnion, the left-back replacement, 
Ori doesn't want to be in the team. Rose doesn't want. Rose wants more money. He's wanting to leave for over a year now. And then Lacelso was going to be our playmaker, a replacement for Erickson. And then and and Domble comes in. He played two matches and gets injured. Now he's back, but he, you have to work up your fitness once again. So. All our new pieces haven't had a chance really to come into the team. And it's definitely like, uh, it just feels old. And I think uh, you're definitely right. Like, I mean, we left it to the last minute, as usual, to try and bring in players. Like, like you seen like Liverpool had a settled squad. Who did you bring in the, in the summer? Like, no one. Yeah, not, not, well, we brought in a couple of youngsters, future. But I think for like Liverpool this season, they kind of made their signings kind of, they, obviously they've made signings in the previous transfer windows, but they're still coming good and like obviously we've got Oxlade Chamberlain back now and, and, and like yeah there's there's a few in the team but if I, I was actually looking at this and like if you look at when Jurgen Klopp came in charge of Liverpool four years ago same, it was roughly around the same time Pochettino came into the Spurs team if you actually look at the, the two teams back, back then in Liverpool's team, there's one player that, like, one or two players, maybe Milner and Henderson, and all the personnel's changed. But if you look at the Tottenham team, there's, like, seven or eight, which is still the same. And it's just the progression of, look, like, obviously, Jurgen Klopp's taken up team and, 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 and gone gone with it. And, obviously, he's bought the players, he's bought the style. But when Pochettino came in, came in he's kind of kept it pretty much the same. And I think that's a, I think that's the fault of the chairman, though, too, because, well, I mean, like, yeah, like, yeah. like obviously... Vertonghen has been a great player, but you can see like how Bayern Munich ripped him apart in 14. Like it's he's on his last couple of legs. Alderweireld's kind of like he's a good player, um, but he's also you know like it's a bad sign when somebody's got a 25 million pound player clause and nobody, nobody, nobody buys him. That's right. that's scary to me to be honest. But but the replacements that we have, and I think this is why he's he has to stick with them because Sanchez is for some reason has gone backwards. Like, if you look at him, like, two years ago when he like, came first, he was amazing. I know he just looks like a calamity waiting to happen. He's, like, tight as Bramble or something. He's just, uh, he's not he's not doing it. Like, and Foyt came in as supposed to be a central defender. He's been a disaster. So now he's tried to move him to right back to try and cover off the fact that we've got, like, let players go. So the squad just doesn't look as good as what it was. Uh, I just find it strange as well that they've let all of these top quality players wind down the contracts. It's like, a, isn't that what Arsenal do? Like, like the top players, they let them wind down the contracts and let, they they can leave on for free. The, the thing is, if they're that's over, a pretty dirty dig at us. Yeah. As well. <laughs> but it's the thing is, like they're over thirty. Like I get that, and that was always Arsenal's policy. You get a one year yeah. rolling contract. But the fact that Ericsson's what like twenty seven in his prime. And like as soon as like as soon as these guys are saying they don't want to be around the club, like, sell the scary thing is that people weren't coming in for them. Like I mean, like we had no interest in Ericsson apart from United kind of. I think that was partly on the value that we were placing on him uh, as well. If if we were, were selling him for around sixty million, a lot of clubs would have came in. Yeah. yeah, but I would rather have like we we paid like twenty for him. Like I'd rather get sixty million and be able to go and spend that money on somebody who wants yeah. to be at the club yeah. than for him to be this like his play like for like last year ha- has been kind of on it's, and off. Yeah, it's when like I've never That's seen somebody so gifted being unable to make to take a corner kick in my life. Like, <laughs> 
he can never be the first man, and yeah. yet they persist on allowing him to take corner kicks. It's ridiculous. Like, what other job in the world would be that terrible at something? Just be doing it. You know what I mean? It'd be, like, it'd be like you just like massaging somebody and just like breaking their arm every time. It's like, oh, don't worry, next time. <laughs> you know? Um, so, obviously, there's been like a lot of talk of the manager getting the boot. Um, uh, do you think that's where we're at now? or? See, I think that's a, a really tough call because you can tell that the players and the manager aren't getting along right now. And the easiest fix is to get a new manager that's going to win over the players because otherwise you have to get ri- have a clear out, get rid of the players. But how do we get someone as good as P- Pochettino? That's the real question. And, I mean, you can argue that people like, I'd say Mourinho is available. He might not offer pretty style, but he'll offer winning mentality and a change of tactics. And Pochettino doesn't seem to have a plan B. Mourinho always has several plans. I don't want Mourinho. I think we should stick with Pochettino. We're kind of in a privileged position right now as Tottenham fans to even talk about getting rid of him at this stage. Because we're spoiled that we've been in the Champions League for the past four or five years with him. Uh, We couldn't have talked about that before we had him. um, A brief stint with Harry Redknapp and... You don't want to get me started on Harry Redknapp. <laughs> uh, we, we definitely differ on uh, our love, of, love and hate of uh, Harry Redknapp. Yes, definitely we do. But I, I think Pochettino deserves more of a chance than what a lot of fans are calling for right now. A lot of people are hitting the panic button. Um, there's been a lot of dark days, like being a Tottenham fan. So, I mean, we, you're right, we have been spoiled. Uh, like We never had this consistency of reaching, like for us, reaching the Champions League stages is winning the cup final like it's that's the money it's uh, the prestige and the fact that we're outside and now fans are starting to panic but i honestly think that the way that we run our club Mourinho would never fit in because Mourinho is a buying manager he doesn't give you the chance uh he'll just go in and he'll just want hundreds of millions you see what he did about united or right. real madrid or whatever but he's never going to get a chance to do that with, and he's unproven as a manager who doesn't have. I suppose with Porto, he kind of didn't have the greatest budget, but um, like with Tottenham, he's not going to have the money that he usually needs <laughs> to, to turn a team. Around. I think there is a bit more money to be spent now that we have the new stadium. Uh, maybe not at the level that Mourinho would like, but uh, if you look at all the top managers, like even Klopp, it. They spend big money to get where they they are. Uh, there's no denying that, and uh, it's amazing what Pochettino has done with no money, uh, pretty much near to nothing. Yeah, like 18 months ago, signing is unheard of. You know what I mean? Like it's it's nuts. Right. So he should really be praised for what he's been able to achieve. And yeah, we are definitely in a dip form, and there needs to be a, a clear out. But I think he deserves a chance to do that. I, I would give him an. Like, I would even give him another year. Maybe we won't reach top four, but he's warranted enough faith, I think, to give a reboot to the squad. What about you, Andy? Do you think uh, it's too too early to press the panic button? Uh, yeah, I think it's like a bit of a knee-jerk reaction right now, and I, I definitely think he should stay until at least the end of the season. Like, he, he can... He's definitely... Like, as you say, who, who would they bring in? I, don't, I can't... Sam Allardyce like Oli Gunnar Solskjaer might be available yeah, might be, yeah. <laughs> like yeah I just I, I can't see yeah like you said you just mentioned there Mourinho but I, I don't think he's the man for the the job 
there's not many else like not, not, not really that many people out there that that would come in and, and turn the club around it's funny like I mean like a couple of years ago you would be able to name five or six managers off the top of your head like now like I Mourinho's the only one that's available and well, then maybe and Harry, then, Harry could come back out of retirement. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't get him started. But no, but then, like, but I, mean, but I mean, like, you've got, like, the only other ones that you could think of would be, like, Eddie Howe or, like, Sean Dice. And I just don't... I, I can't... They're doing such good jobs, really, at that club. Yeah, I wouldn't want to touch the Tottenham... Like, why is, one, why is those guys? I, I wouldn't want to take the Tottenham thing on. There's such a big rebuild job there to do, I think. And I honestly think that myself that I have... I did tweet... Hot out there when I was like uh, so after <laughs> I, I I agreed with you at the time after seeing like the Bayern Munich disaster I was just like I can't take this anymore it's just been, it's been terrible because obviously we've been able to enjoy Arsenal being the people's jokes for quite some time um, but like looking at it in the light of day I honestly think he does deserve the opportunity to get rid of the the, the, the bad stench around the club right now and bring in. I Some more players are he wants. Yeah, and that's the big thing is like he's got to bring in players that he wants to be back because I, I feel like he's probably had a, had his list of players and players he's probably brought in. Yeah, maybe he's close, but it's not the exact. Well, I mean, like we, we wanted like like Bruno Fernandez from uh, Sport, and he would have oh, been yeah. an amazing oh, signing. Would have been, yeah. And yeah, the I same think. thing again, haggling over money, and like you know, we, it's a problem that we always have. It's just. They make a deal, and then maybe we'll try and drag that little extra bit out of it, and it's it, it's killing us, I think. Yeah, and Levy has to understand that the whole landscape of the transfer window has changed. Like the money that people are throwing, like lesser clubs that are throwing around. It's uh, like Aston Villa spent over a hundred million. Yeah, like, Fulham did that yeah, last year yeah. too when they went down. And like, I mean, you look at like Leicester. Like, I mean, the players they're bringing in, like that the Perez guy from Newcastle. We were supposed to be trying to get him. Like Tielemans, we were supposed to be after him. Like the fact that they're picking clubs like Leicester over Tottenham. Scares me, yeah, you pretty, know, like the wage structure and all that kind of stuff. You have to wonder how serious our interest was, though. I think we had bigger targets, and we might have not have achieved those targets. But I think the reason why they choose a club like Leicester is because Leicester were very firm with their interest the whole window. Yeah, but like Leicester also did get them in very early too. So you're yeah. right; they probably were just like you know, like because Tillman's was on loan last year yeah. so they probably had something in place but you know like whatever happened to like swooping in and stealing the deal you know right. we, we did that like with Clint Dempsey to you guys uh, mind uh, you yeah, if so. William, William did on <laughs> us you know so yeah, yeah. <laughs> mind you if we did end up signing Diabala we wouldn't have this conversation at all. Who who would you rather have, Diabala or or is he Perez? Yeah, it's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, that's that whole transfer saga is like it was never saga for anybody though. He was just offered to every. Well, but, but just the way that like his contract and everything is set up, it's it's nonsense. It reminds me of the Tevez thing when they right. oh, yeah. when he arrived at West Ham yeah. first. Like a third party owned them, and now like there's all this nonsense about image rights like what what's how's that even allowed you know it's 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 crazy um so yeah so i mean like at the, i think do you think that we're in danger of losing like like harry kane there's been some rumblings now in the last week or two about that uh, rio ferdinand was on tv saying that he lacks ambition and stuff like that do you think we're in danger of losing him 
Uh, I'm starting to feel like it, it might be a reality. Uh, he doesn't seem to be playing with the same passion that he used to for us either, and that could be because of it, having multiple injuries over the past couple of years when he was uh, going into 50-50 challenges hard. He seems to be more laid back and not creating the pressure in the front line like he used to. And he's probably pretty frustrated that he's not getting any service at all. Like, our style of play, we take the ball to the corner, and then we pass back to our center back. Oh, my God. No balls go into the box. It, he gets maybe two chances a game now. And uh, as much as he loves Tottenham, he also loves being heralded as one of the best strikers in the world. And he knows that if he goes somewhere else, uh, that he'll get a lot more chances. And he wants to win the Golden Boot every year. He wants to lead England, all those things. So uh, I think it is a reality, a possibility. Um, I'm hoping it isn't. Uh, I hope that'll give yeah. us another two years. And I, I, I think you're right, though. Like, it, like I, I feel like he doesn't like we rushed him back from a lot of these injuries uh, especially for the Champions League like he had to come back pretty quickly um, so I think he doesn't look fit to me I think he looks like a little bit I, th I think though since the World Cup like he's pretty much played consistently like like obviously he's had his injuries but he's probably so tired still like he he played through the last World Cup and then went right into the season obviously he had yeah. his injury last last season but then he played right up until the Champions League final in June and then he had the Cup of Nations, Nations Cup of, yeah and then he played through yeah. that and then he had like a few weeks off and then he's back at it again like he's had and I think that comes down as well to like Tottenham's transfer policy too is that we don't have any like backups because so he has to play like Llorente yeah. like who was kind of a backup is gone and, like and we didn't replace him yeah. like we kind of depend on Son who just looks kind of a little bit tired himself so I mean like it, it just, there's just going to be like an awful lot of like player burnout too which is probably yeah. causing a lot of the issues I really hope you don't lose him like I, I love him and after seeing like Gareth Bale and Modric leave I don't think I could ha handle the heartbreak to be honest <laughs> it's just you know like it's he's, he is Tottenham right now and um, I, I would just be worried where if Pochettino goes, if he goes to with it, where wherever Pochettino goes, right? They'll try and bring Harry Kane with him. Yeah, I I really hope that like, um, like he if he does move, like it's to Real Madrid or somewhere like that. Because I mean, it, I, that's why I was happy that Gareth Bale went to Real Madrid because I know he's like a fantastic player, and I didn't want to see him go and rot at Manchester United. Like at least he's gone on and like done it for a good reason like he's won a bunch of European Cups and he's won World Championships and all that kind of stuff so I mean if he was going to go like hopefully he doesn't but like it would be to I hope to somewhere like Real Madrid I don't think that he would play for another England team uh, he I mean he's been a Tottenham boy right it's yeah. one of our own, but uh, but he has played for a couple of other English teams, like Leicester, and Norwich, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like that. on loan. Yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah, that just makes me feel like he probably could go to another. It wouldn't bother him, right? I think I also <laughs> feel like he wants to be a club legend. Like yeah, it, yeah like, that too, like and uh, that's why he really wants it to work out in this Tottenham project. But I think there there is an extent to how long he'll. Because uh, I mean, he's twenty six now. I think so. Yeah. I mean, like he's he's like coming into that prime time, and it's like right. he, where he needs to make that decision. Course, like, yeah. um, I feel like if Tottenham were winning trophies consistently, we'd probably keep holding them. The fact that it's been so long now since we've won anything, like, I mean, he must be like, I just like, is it getting kind of frustrated with it all. 
Um, yeah, and I think I, he said uh, a couple weeks ago that it's on them now that they're no longer young anymore, that they have to take the responsibility and it's time yeah. to stop losing games in the last minute and so on. And since he said that, we lost 7 2 to Munich <laughs> yeah. and 3 0 to. Uh, uh, and we were knocked out of the cup by Colchester. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I. I after that one, I was just like, it can't get any worse, can it? And then we, we actually feel <laughs> a strong team in that match. Like, it, was, it was like the worst ever. And then we scraped by against Southampton, which like patched over uh, like how bad we were playing. Like, I mean, like I think we played better when Aria got like sent off. I think that was a blessing in disguise. Oh, oh, I've got a question because I don't watch that many. Well, I'm kind of see the results, but. What's happened to with like Deli Ali? I know he was injured, but he seems to have fallen way off. It's it's another one of those things he where he didn't get called into the England team. And so now, like this week, like he's announced that like uh, he's stopped all his outside media stuff and he's hired the nutritionist to try and get his form back because there's rumblings about him being booted out of Tottenham too. So oh, really? um, like his performance has dropped off. I think it would be idiotic, though. He's still very young, and we know he's got back to talent. It's bringing that motivation back. And, yeah, maybe he got distracted by uh, everyone says that he plays too much Fortnite. And that's like, oh, come on, they're going to do stuff on their leisure time, right? I'd rather him do that than be, like, pissed out of his face. Yeah, somewhere, you ex- know, so. exactly. <laughs> so I, I think that's a lot of BS. Um, I think our change in system has really affected him because we've changed from playing the 4-2-3-1 where he was behind Kane and flanked by Ericsson and uh, Son. Mind you, when Ericsson was very creative and playing well, and the three, uh, the four of them were considered one of the most attacking forces, right? And he was always making those late runs in where the two center backs were guarding Kane, so he had all kinds of space. Now we switch to a diamond in the midfield, and we play Stun or Moira up with Kane. And now uh, there isn't that space to, for him to run into, and he's often moved out to, on the wing because uh, Erickson was playing in the, uh, the hole, or Lamella often gets that role on the which hole is, this which, year. Which is weird seeing Lamella play that position. Like, he did okay in preseason in it, but I mean... Like when you've got Deli Ali and Chris and Eric, and why on earth would you put right. Eric bleeding Lamella in there? Like, I mean, it's. I think Lamella tries things, which no one else is trying right yeah. now, and that's why he's getting the spot. I think Lamella could actually add a lot to the team, but I think Deli Ali's proper role is in the hole behind the striker. He's a deep line. Like, he should be the new. Lampard, the new Gerard, making yeah, big runs. Yeah, he, he was the big prospect in the in the England setup and everything. And he was scoring. He was yeah. producing the goods too. Like I mean, like he was quickest to fifty goals and all that kind of stuff. But you're right; he's definitely been played out of position. And he's he's another one that just looks worn out. Like I mean, because we don't have as strong a squad as with you guys, like we can't just like let him like drop him for a week or two we needed to play him week in week out and yeah. like he's only 20 23 right now 20, yeah, yeah. I, I mean he's playing so much so football many, for football. somebody who's only 23 it's crazy and I, I just don't think that there's the talent in the rest of the squad to like be able to drop these guys yeah. like I mean like Wanyama God bless him like he was brought on but we need to do you remember like last year when he was brought on to like help us win games which was insane right. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's not his it's not his position so I mean, we, we we have to keep them on, and when they're having a bad game as well, 
they have to keep playing and they're not being taken off. And right. I think that's really affecting us. Um, so, yeah, so... I don't I, think it comes down to his attitude at all, though, which some people are uh, uh, obviously talking about because, like you said, his willingness to cut out uh, all uh, media and to hire a nutritionist to try to get his form back. But also, if you saw him on the bench in the Brighton match, he was pissed. He was not happy at all to be sitting on the bench. He wanted to be on the field. He couldn't stand to see the team playing the way it was. Like I have very seldom seen a player so unhappy to be on the bench. And uh, I think that says a lot about his attitude. Like he wants to be in there. He wants to be making a difference. I say, like, I must say though, like, uh, just a kind of little side note, um, like, uh, Garrett okay. I never, like, I always thought he was kind of an okayish manager. I must say, I have a lot of respect for him to be able, like, it's something that other English managers have not been able to do to drop big names like that. And the fact that he went and dropped Deli Ali, like, is. I think it's a really good sign. And I think that's actually something that Deli Ali might need. Like, it's a kick in the ass he needs to kind of get himself back in the game and get his head together. Um, I honestly think that's, you know, England are qualified anyway. So, it's, oh, it, you know, right. uh, which would be nice if he kind of dropped Kane as, like, just let Kane sit in the bed and <laughs> give him a break kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I guess we can't... We, so, I guess at the end of the season, where would you be happy if we just think getting into the Europa League you'd be happy with or like not getting relegated? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm not going to be happy if we don't make top four. And top four is still very doable. Yeah, uh, the team's going to have to fight for it. But what, we're like two points off top four? I don't know the exact uh, numbers it's, right now. It's, it's like three or four. So, it's, yeah. not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, we're, we're, at this we're a game or now. two off. Like, we've. We've done it before. We can do it again. But it, yeah, I think except for Liverpool, like it's been a pretty close. Yeah, like like everybody's kind of dropped. Like like Chelsea obviously aren't the the, the force they were. Although they are starting to come back a little bit. They're starting to gel a little bit. Arsenal, but if you look Arsenal, at the table right now, Crystal Palace aren't going to stay in the top four. Yeah. Chances are Leicester won't either. They're playing really well right now, but they don't have the depth to carry it all season. A few oh, injuries and then... Well, if Colleen Rooney, like, maybe <laughs> beats the shit out of Jamie Vardy yeah. <laughs> after what's, what's been going on, that might uh, change their season a little bit. I do remember saying, though, one, a few years ago, that there's no way Leicester are going to come in and then they won the Premier League. Right, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, God, yeah. But, uh, Tottenham fans obviously know <laughs> all about that, right? So... <laughs> Well, lads, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Um, hope you've enjoyed like hanging out. Mansfield. Um, do you feel better this week, Matt? Not exactly. Oh, so what was it scurvy or something that you had? Oh, you're talking about how I feel personally. I thought you meant with the rugby. No, no, no. <laughs> like because we, we missed you last week because you were sick. So I just want to make sure you're feeling better. No, I feel fine now. Yeah. Okay. So the medication and the creams worked. Uh, yeah, the cream especially. <laughs> 
So uh, we're coming into the last round of the uh, the group stages. Um, so things are kind of hotting up here. Um, but before we kind of delve into that, uh, obviously Canada have had a couple of games. Um, the one against South Africa kind of stands out in the mind. Uh, how do you think they did? Uh, well, you know, the result wasn't exactly what we're looking for there, but it was kind of a tale of two halves. You know, the first half they got absolutely demolished. Um, they came out in the second half. It was a much closer game. Um, if you look just at the second half, the score was 19-7 against the Springboks. So I'll take that. Um, if we can just, you know, improve the play a full full match, that would be pretty good. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, Canada can't do that. Um, and there was that uh, little bit of a mess there with the red card from jo- Josh Larson. He got sent off. So, you know, considering we were down um, a player and uh, still – Managed to keep the score that close. Maybe South Africa was taking it easy on us. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I, I don't think I don't think that's in their makeup though to kind of take it easy on anybody. So I, I honestly think it was just that Canada really uh, came out with a bit more belief, which was you know it's, it seems to be kind of missing a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So speaking of Josh Larson, obviously. One of the moments of the World Cup so far was uh, him going into the dressing room afterwards. What did you make of that? Well, I think that's uh, you know kind of what makes rugby great. You wouldn't see that in uh, most other sports. So you know he owned up to it and he went in and apologized. And the Springboks gave him a beer afterwards, which was fantastic to see. So I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so you you don't think there was a sign of weakness then? No, why would it be? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm just, I'm just asking. That's all. Like, I, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't see that in ice hockey or something like that. So, um, no, that's because they're they're good sports in rugby, and you know? that's that's part of the reason why I like the game so much. It it is it is it is great to see. Uh, like it, you wouldn't see that in football either. Like they they'd probably uh, beat the shit out of him if he went into the dressing room in in football. So. Um, so obviously the big game for you guys is coming up on Sunday uh, against Namibia. How are you feeling yeah. about that one? You know, I like I like our chances, but it's going to again come down to Canada playing a full match. So um, you know, Namibia is going to be trying really hard too because there's a, a few teams in the, uh, the tournament that have zero points. Um, Canada, Canada, and Namibia are, are two of them. So uh, no one wants to go home with uh, zero points. So it's going to be a tough tough match, I think. But, you know, I like our odds against it. You know, it's uh, be disappointing for us to go home to from another World Cup without a win. So, I'll be watching for sure. Yeah, uh, I'll probably uh, I'll probably stay up and watch it myself too. I'm, I'm really hoping for a Canada win. I, I, I think they definitely deserve it. I mean, they, they, they haven't been walked over. I know the scores... Scorelines don't look that way, but I think there's been a, like a lot of heart and soul in the performances, and I, I honestly think they deserve something from the World Cup for for that alone. Um, so this weekend then is like the the is the ending of the the group phase. Um, it seems like some of the games have been postponed due to uh, a typhoon. So it's causing it, quite a bit of controversy. Oh, it's crazy! Uh, did did you see? Um, uh, Parisi coming out and complaining about the New Zealand-Italy game? No, I didn't see that. I did see that um, Scotland is uh, now looking into suing the Rugby World Cup if they cancel their game against Japan. I, I can see why. Like, obviously, 
if they cancel that game, it's there's going to be a huge controversy because obviously Japan are the home nation and everybody wants them to go through just to make the World Cup seem like it was worthwhile in that aspect. Um, like it's a definitive game for Scotland too. I mean, if you know Japan or Ireland hasn't been playing the greatest, so you know there's a chance that they could lose to Samoa, which could put Scotland through to the group stage. If they yeah. do win that match, right? So, I mean, they've already canceled two matches and declared them a draw. Luckily, those two matches uh, were meaningless. They didn't have any impact on the table at all. But, you know, if they cancel this match, that could have a huge impact. So I, I wouldn't blame them. Well, uh, th- that's that's what the uh, the Italians are complaining about. Like, they actually have an outside chance of still making it through. And they were saying that if this was New Zealand needed points, the game wouldn't have been cancelled. And this is this is the problem, isn't it? You know, that it's, um, when you go cancelling games like this, like obviously they, nobody can predict the weather, but it seems odd that they wouldn't be able to just fit it somewhere into the schedule. I mean, postpone it maybe, but I don't see how cancelling it is, is an option, but they were pretty quick to do that. Like surely they must have had some sort of like idea that, this was typhoon season in Japan. You, you, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like the, like this randomly happens. Like I, I guess you know yeah. it'd be like having like a tournament in Oklahoma in the middle of the, like tornado season. You know what I mean? Like it's it's probably going to happen. So you would think that they would have like a couple of days grace to fit in an extra game or two if this was going to happen. You know, it just seems kind of piss poor or to a venue where that's not going to be impacted by the typhoon. That's what I don't yeah. know. Exactly. That's what I mean. There's, obviously, there should have been like a... Because the Ireland game's going ahead, right? I mean, so obviously, that part of Japan isn't going to be impacted. Like, why not like do something there? You know, just move the game. It's And then you wouldn't have this kind of conspiracy theory. Like, I I, I can only totally understand where Scotland are coming from. Like, can you, there's been... It hasn't, there's been a lot of close games with teams that you wouldn't think of having uh, close games together. It's been a really good, yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, <laughs> Australia, Australia were playing this morning against uh, Georgia and beat them twenty-seven eight. So, do you think it's yeah? Do you think it's the bigger nations being getting worse, or do you think it's the uh, the the tier two teams getting better? Oh, I think it's the tier two teams getting better for sure. I mean, if you look at the rosters, a lot of these players are playing on um, some top tier clubs now. So, um, I think there's they're closing the gap, like. There seems to be a few tier two nations uh, that are closing the gap, but then there's some other ones that are, are the gap is widening, such as Canada um, and U.S. So I, I think now you're going to start seeing, you know, t- the tier three nations are going to be kind of part of the World Rugby World Cup now, is what which kind of seems weird because you're seeing some of these nations that we would have considered tier two nations are they're they're falling behind some of the other ones like uh, Fiji and Samoa and Tonga and, and Georgia. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be more competitive World Cups going forward. It's just you know it'd be nice to see some of the other nations you know get a better better uh, more competitive matches um, throughout uh, in between the World Cups so that they can actually compete. Do you think it's because uh, like Canada and the US are a little bit kind of isolated? Like obviously like Russia, Georgia and all that kind of stuff can play each other quite regularly. Whereas like Canada and the US, they literally just play each other most of the time. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, they've started the Pacific nations cup. Um, so they are getting some matches uh, every year against, you know, Japan and Samoa and 
Fiji, but I mean, they're not getting hardly any matches against any of the true tier one nations. Um, so uh, I think part of the problem is that Canada is, you know, it's such a large country geographically. They have their headquarters over in Vancouver, right? So it doesn't make any sense for them to be playing, you know, the European teams very often because it's quite the quite the length to, for them to travel. So I don't well, know what solution they, they could have. But. Like in football, what they do, like, like for instance, like Brazil and Argentina, because a lot of, most of their players are based in Europe, they actually play some of their friendly games in Europe. Um, so they'll have uh, like home games like in London and stuff like that. Do you think that might be an, an option for Canada? Because there is quite a few players that are based in Europe that play for Canada and the US. I mean, that's a great idea, but I mean, who's going to go out and see that? Like, I don't think too many fans over there are interested in seeing um, Canada's rugby team. It's a very negative attitude, isn't it? Um, I, I think the best uh, course of action to increase the competitiveness is to have some Canadian teams playing in the leagues over there. Like, we, I think we had talked previously before about having a Canada team join the uh, ball league. I think that would make a massive difference. Yeah, like, I, I, and I also think it's something that they need to do. Like, it's uh, because... As you said, they're just going to keep on falling behind. So, Ireland have sucked big time. <laughs> what, what, what do you think has been the cause of us being so bad? There's so much hype about us beforehand, and it's just been a disaster. Oh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, it's not like they're losing to some Japan. really bad teams, or well, they're not losing. At all. Well, they lost obviously to Japan, but I mean, Japan's had a great World Cup. You know, they're. Um, they're, they're taking that next step forward, which is great. They are the home nation. So, you know, they got the, the crowd on their side. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. I think Ireland's going to make it to the group stage and then anything can happen, uh, make it through the group stage and anything can happen after that. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, start panicking at this point, but you know, they did, uh, they didn't have the greatest match against Russia. You must've been worried there for a bit. Oh my God. It was awful. Like it, it's just, I almost felt like panic started to set in. Like they, we had a great game against Scotland. We we were terrible yeah. against Japan, and like we knew we had to get a result against Russia. And I just felt that we just tried too hard, and it just it, it was it wasn't great watching to be honest. Like I mean, there was a, a good phase in the second half there where we didn't score any points for a good ten fifteen minutes. Um, and against and no disrespect to Russia, but we should be rolling those teams over. Like we saw Scotland beat them sixty one nil, right? So. Yes. Uh, I, I honestly hope that the the Ireland team from the first game turns up tomorrow and not the team from Japan and Russia because uh, it's going to be scary. Like I, I yeah, I, I feel so, like it's not a team you want to uh, sleep on either. So yeah, yeah. I, and that's the and that's the thing. Like I mean, I I feel maybe they'll they're obviously going to get them like a lot of respect, and I, I I'm just hoping that they they they'll turn up and. Give a good show of themselves because I, I it would suck to go out in the group stages. It really would, after all, like coming into the World Cup as the world number ones and stuff like that, and then just going out the group stages. Oh, that'd be a shocker, an absolute shocker. Yeah, so I mean, so I'm going to be having a few points tomorrow, one way or another. It's either going to be drowning my <laughs> sorrows or out of sheer relief. So. Um, let's see how it goes this weekend. Hopefully, the Japan Scotland game goes ahead, and um, we'll we'll catch up next week, and uh, we can have some predictions for the quarters and the semis. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Down the Pub. 
As always, you can join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Next week is a international break, so we're going to be changing direction just a, a wee bit, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the Toronto Raptors and the upcoming uh, NBA season of what they can expect and what we can expect from the NBA champions. Um, until next week, thank you everybody for the support. We really appreciate it. Um, and have a great week, and we'll see you soon. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.